Welcome back to Hail to the Pod. My name is Sam Chang. I'm with my co-host Seb Ruzard and guest Eric Sanders, and we will be talking about secularism and religion in America. And uh, well, first, I think Eric is a new guy on the podcast. Yep. So can you introduce us? Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm Eric. Um, recently graduated school, um, high school, so that's pretty big. And I'm going on to study a mix of theology and philosophy offered at a local university with the intent to pursue a PhD in philosophy. So big aspirations. Um, that's pretty much, those are my central interests um, along with writing. So yeah, and I'm excited to discuss the topic today. And thank you for Sam and Sebastian for having me on the podcast. It's awesome. So, uh, well, first question, you, like, since like you want to do a PhD on all those things, you want to become a priest? Brother, no, like, um, at the moment, uh, I, I've had that thought. I don't think that's for me. Um, really, what I want to do is teach and more so write at the end of the day, probably get married. I mean, it's cliche to say, but, you know, whatever God wills for me. So. That's pretty nice. Um, well, back to the topic, I think, um, I don't know how we chose this, but I think, uh, well, just start off i think this is a very important topic in terms like probably uh what like overshadowed i guess by uh younger people because i noticed from learning from i guess documentaries books what are newspapers uh that there's this growing decline uh i think i know for a fact that my church talked about this there's this decline in uh what, what do you call it like um Christian I'd, membership? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a lot of people, the term uh, you might have heard of before, spiritual, not religious, that's what's inclined, while adherence to strict religiosity or a, an explicit creed is in decline. Yeah, uh, particularly among the younger generation. And I yeah. think yep. the reasons are like numerous. And um, I guess... There's this like hot debate, of course, it's just religion is this um, very, uh, what do you call it, contentious thing to talk about. And I know yeah. it, uh, in social media, there's, uh, I follow certain, I think, I think, I think we all follow certain religious accounts. Uh, yeah. 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 And the comments are, uh, some comments are kind of, uh, I guess some comments are like, oh, yeah, God is good and all that. But there's also comments like, oh, why do people believe in God and all the, uh, these things? It's not necessarily bad. Yeah. But um, some say it is bad. Some say it's not. But I just I think that's where what we're going to, I guess, penetrate in this podcast, talk about. So, mm -hmm. Eric, what are your thoughts on this de decline in spirituality amongst uh, younger people? Um, I personally feel it's not, it's not a great thing because of the substitutes that come in for it. So, um, so a lot of the time, like people will be like, oh yeah, I'm not religious. And then they go, I'd argue there are two types. They're the people that go out and are just like, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want now. No rules apply to me. And then there are the people that earnestly search for something. Um, and then at the end of the day, kind of come up with nothing or verge over towards nihilism. 
Um, and so in that sense, I think, I think it's not a good thing, um, especially for those people who are going to do self-damage to themselves by searching, by doing just whatever they want and not adhering to stuff. I'd argue that those are fewer than the second half who go on earnestly searching and eventually kind of are like, it, it just, it doesn't matter and I can't do this anymore. And the weight of all of that on their shoulders, you know, that that's not a good thing. But I do think at the same time, the fact that there's so many people going away breeds a sort of love of church and religion in the hearts of those that stay that I think in future generations will have a great impact on a return to religion, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from a specifically Catholic angle. This is what I noticed within the Catholic church. So. Gotcha. And I think I want to go to Seb right now, because I think Seb, we've been friends for some time and we talked about religion and I guess uh, I think from our conversations, I think your response would be the same as Eric's. Yeah, it would be similar somewhat. I think that, um, quite frankly, I agree with him on the issue of that religion is essential, at least, because when you look at, uh, when you just look at it as from a broad perspective, when you look at just most religions in general, right, there's a sense of morality you know, they all, you know, teach you some of the similar things, like be a good person, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, messages like that. And I think he's got a good point in terms of where um, being able to, or just feeling empowered to be able to do what you want, it could have specific ramifications in the future, or it could negatively impact your life if you don't have that uh, you know, sense of morality or that conscience to look back on and actually weigh um, what what you're doing is, um, I guess you could say, good for you or not, or would it be beneficial to you? Gotcha. And I think um, uh, there's so many questions, like, I guess, I think for now, I'm basically on your side. I'm not a complete atheist, but I'm just going to take the position of being, I guess, asking critical questions. But okay. I, I know this one uh, person from my old school. Um, he, uh, I wouldn't say his name, but uh, uh, how do you explain this? He's kind of politically on the right, but I don't know how, how much, but he identifies as a paleoconservative. And part of that is, um, he believes that the younger generation is like morally, um, I guess, decaying. They're, they're like, uh, separating themselves from morals, particularly biblical morals because of, uh, I guess, like new trends, I guess, like LGBTQ and all that, all the new, uh, yeah. contemporary things. And I think, I guess his solution is to institute like a national uh, like religion, which is Christianity and going back to the traditional family type of hierarchy. So this is, so my point being, the reason why I brought this up is I want to know like your guys's, I guess, solution to the problem of this um, religious decline. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I mean, Sebastian, I'll you want to go first? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I think to his, I, I see his logic. Um, I would also point out that though he's focusing on our generation, it's what's going on in our generation is a collective result of what has happened in previous generations. I'd also argue it's a result of the fact that it's we've become a very production-based consumer, not production, but we've become a society that produces and consumes and doesn't really take pleasure, pleasure is the wrong word, doesn't really take pride in the work that's being done. It's become very automated uh, as part of the fact that, you know, capitalism kind of rewards that as opposed to oh the people who have worked on their farm for generations and you know are providing the land and there's like a human element in the work so I think that's an important critique to think about when you're saying oh our generation is so morally bankrupt we are but it's because previous generations have made society about consuming things and you know pleasure as opposed to the you know like the virtue of I'm going to take pride in my work I'm going to you know help my family I'm going to do things like that it's become very individualistic less about the community and more about the consumption of things that are produced mechanically as opposed to the enjoyment of things that are produced um with you know the human the human love of the labor behind it if that makes sense so it's basically we're over glorifying materials and yeah. Also, oh yeah, 100%. And also not only materials, but um, celebrities, people yep. who, yeah, just like display themselves as like perfect beings. It's, we could go on about that, but basically it's a uh, social media presents, you know, like people with like money with like, you know, beautiful voice and like acting skills. Basically they're put on this pedestal and yeah. So is that what you mean? Like this just basically... Over. Yeah, but just in, in general, um, because think about think about fast food or think about mass produced, I don't know, like, you know, like you go to like a dollar store and you see those like crappy looking emoji pillows yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Think, things like that where, you know, back in, I don't want to say back in the day, but there were there are times in history and throughout history where people, you know, would take pride in your work, you know, where the local store guy, you know, this is my store. Uh, I'm really invested in this. I'm gonna, you know, sell my product. Or back, back way, way back in the day, um, you know, back towards the end of the Middle Ages. This is my farm. I'm gonna take pride in the work that I'm doing on my farm. Things like that. In, in addition to the glorification of material excess, I, those two things contribute. So, base. Uh, I just want to like make sure I get this. So, in the old olden times, right? you make something and you um, trying to say that at that time it's cherished unlike now where we just like buy anything and we just don't cherish it as well because like how is that connected to like Christianity is it like connected because oh I made something I like um, I cherish it because it's made out of like materials god like made materials is that what you're trying to say because i'm trying to connect the two okay so what, what i'm trying to say is that as because christianity we've lost as a society i'd argue as we've moved towards a very individualistic much more secular overall we've kind of lost the 
and we've we've kind of lost the feeling of being like I'm going to how should I phrase it I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase it we've lost the understanding that you know stuff isn't merely produced for us to find pleasure in it and quickly move on to the next thing everything we have is you know kind of a gift and we need to understand that and be receptive of that and treat things in that way and society at large like you mentioned with celebrities has kind of lost that where it's like i'm going to glorify the excess and it's not so much about the fact that yeah i'm going to appreciate that i'm well off enough to live well or i'm able to have these possessions and i'm going to recognize the fact that i'm blessed to have that if that makes sense oh yeah that makes sense yeah sorry for my uh <laughs> yeah like a lack of attention but i think yes yeah, seb i think the original question was like solution so seb i just want to know your mind on this uh necessarily i don't have a solution but there's something i'd like to address it's that you know over time we could like hear me out you you guys would agree that at least this country for the most part you would believe was built on christian morals and values right i would disagree slightly yeah i'd argue it was primarily enlightenment yes yeah yeah okay uh personally i think that um when it comes to the i agree with eric in terms of we don't really appreciate uh the things that we have enough but i don't know i just feel that i feel like this is more of a a natural thing i guess because the way i see it is um how do i put this so so Sam, before I before I say the wrong thing here, so basically the original question you were asking was, your friend wanted to, or wanted to see some sort of like religious revival. Is that correct? Yeah, I would just, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my response to that in particular is that this nation. Although, you know, you could make you could make the argument that a lot of families did pass on traditional Christian values to their kids growing up is that, um, you know, it just came in. I think it just happened because when you look at the founding of the U.S. before we got on here, I was actually looking this up just to be sure uh, this nation wasn't really necessarily built on. Uh, you know, Judeo-Christian values, and it's even stated in the, you know, the First Amendment of the Constitution that Congress shouldn't, you know, more or less favor any particular religious group. So, you know, and I'm pretty yeah. sure even in, in the Treaty of Tripoli of 1797, I just wanted to make sure, uh, the it says in Article 11 that the U.S., is in no sense is in the United States, the government of the United States is in no sense founded on the Christian religion, you know. So I just wanted to at least address that. So I don't, I don't really see there being much of a religious revival if you know because um, was there were you know was there was this country even uh, really religious to begin with? That that's the point that I'm trying to. That's the point I'm trying to make here, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I agree I with you. Um, yeah, and I think 
I, I wanted to connect this back. So a, a spiritual decline amongst mostly younger people, but also other people can correlate with uh, like criticisms against religion, right? I think we could yeah. all agree with that. Yeah, and I think, yeah, so sure. I think I would, I, me personally, there are a lot of merits and benefits for any, for most religions, for any religion. But I think there is a, um, what's the word? Like, uh, I guess a good reason why there is harsh criticism. And I think it's like that type of belief that, um, like in a national sense that America was founded on Christian beliefs and therefore it should be brought back to almost every aspect of life. First, I think it's not first America was, yeah, you're right, Seb. It's not founded on Judeo-Christian values. It's more enlightenment values, which is, I wouldn't say very secular, but it takes, it. it's more, uh, I, I would guess, yeah, more rational based. Yep. It's all about reason. Yeah, science and um, like questioning and all that type of thing. So I like how I, I've seen like videos of uh, Trump supporters. I think, what was it? The Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah. He has this other guy who does it and some other interviews with, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, this is not like a generalization or like an attack, but this is the video, the premise of the video of more Republican, like more Trump supporters claim that uh, Christianity is the best religion compared to others because of supposedly America's founding principles and how the founders were Christians, which like uh, that is very wrong. There are multiple instances where the founders were considered deists, which is basically not very similar to the Christianity that we know now. Pretty removed, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, deism involves like God is there. There's a supernatural being, but th- he's not connected at all with yep. us. Like yeah. a clockmaker. That's the best yeah. analogy. You know, where the clock's created, set spinning. And to quote a teacher that I know very well and that I've had for a long time, you know, he kind of God kind of goes off to a beach and is sipping his drink to roughly... Mm-hmm you know, approximate the analogy that was used, you know, off on that beach yeah. in Aruba somewhere sitting his drink, not caring about the time, the creation that he set into motion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also I think a lot of these, because of that, there's a lot of criticisms, like people criticize, oh, basically because of that, like that's part of the reason that people criticize religion because of uh, fanaticism over religion. And I think, uh, Bill Maher, who did like a movie some years ago called Re- Religious or something like that. And he just went around how in America, we take Christianity too seriously and too literally, and we believe in it too much. We like uh, believe there's this one video of a Congress, I think a senator, and Bill Maher was interviewing him. And in the end, um, like the senator just like appeared to be uh, 
uh, let's just say a ridiculous fellow because uh, he talked about, what was it, that, yeah, Christianity, oh, I'm a Christian and laws should be based on Christianity or something like that. And oh, I forgot, but there, I forget, I'm sorry, but I forgot like the specific instance, but it showed basically that each person he interviewed, that Bill Maher interviewed, believed in creationism, uh, that America should be firmly rooted in Christianity and nothing else. And he just basically exposed the bad parts of believing in God or believing in a religion or the bad parts of religion. And I think that is true. And I know like in today's uh, atmosphere, I think a lot of like criticism against religion is founded because of instances like these. And it's kind of sad because Christianity is nothing like that. It's, it's like under its like facade, I guess it's more, if it's not, if it's handled well, it's a, it can be a good force to use. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also important. Um, so, so just to recognize um, the fact that a lot of um, American Christians tend to be fundamentalist Protestants. And I mean, there, there are a lot of different sects of Protestantism, but Protestantism, that's a whole nother, um, that, that's a whole nother topic, a whole nother, be a whole nother podcast. Um, but just like a, a lot of them are very American centric. Um, there are a lot of Protestant groups aside from the main ones that came over from Europe that splintered off of those main ones and, you know, created their own church. Um, and so when, I, I don't know what denomination this particular um, Senator Bill Maher was uh, interviewing was, but, you know, there, there are a lot of splinter sects and very small localized ones that believe firmly in creationism, um, you know, things, things like that. Um, so I, I just want to mention that that doesn't speak and represent the totality of Christianity as a religion, but rather America seems to have a lot of very unique sects that seem to fall into that category. And why do you think that is like in America, why there are so many like sects, especially like people in, who believe in creationism, very literally? I think uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, it's partially because I would say the first people who came over here were already kind of a, a splinter cell from the mainstream Protestantism in Europe. The, the Puritans splintered off. I could be really wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the Anglican church was what they splintered off from. And they came here. And then again, cause it's freedom. So Protestantism, there's, there's no like central authority. There's no papal figure like in Catholicism or head patriarch, like in orthodoxy. So there's no figure who can be like, no, this is doctrinally correct. This is doctrinally incorrect. You know, this is what the church teaches, what the truth is. This is not. So anybody can kind of go and make their own sect. Um, whether they're denounced by other sects or not is besides the point. And so I think that coupled with the fact that America provides freedom of religion that, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, what the Bill of Rights says, it kind of allowed people to do that and just splinter off into whatever interpretation they wanted. And I think that would be the genesis of where we are now. 
Yeah, but that's like a sufficient answer. But there's like this because I while you said that, I was thinking like how yeah, like you said the the pilgrims, the American explorers came here due to religious um, either persecution or just differences. Well, I just don't really understand. First of all, so specifically how there's many different sects, and one of those sects is unfortunately the KKK, and they use God. I think it, before the creation of the KKK, that um, mainly Southerners justified in some way slavery because I don't know, like biblical, because like they use like I don't know some. Biblical. There's there's a verse there are a couple verses and there are some verses in the Bible that speak about um, how the Hebrews I'd have to look them up I don't know them offhand you know how in certain cases it was justified to like take slaves in battle I could be wrong I'd have to check and there's also which was horrible as the racism inherent in the slavery in the South there was a particular there's a verse in early on in the Bible that speaks about the uh the children of i want to say, say enoch um i could be wrong the children of enoch or some disgraced member of the israelites being darker and so a lot of them took that as a way to justify um the slaves that were coming in from the the trade and everything and they'd be like look see this proves that this is legitimate as illegitimate as it was and as wrong and as horrible as it was so it's it's a twisting I'd argue there. Yeah, there's a lot of twisting going on in this, and also that's that's a that's a criticism against Christianity because um, I know the Old Testament God uh, is more of a strict uh, father. He's a uh, based. Uh, I think what's the first uh, five books, like the laws are kind of uh, well based on modern standards. They are strange, but they're more. Um, I wouldn't say I don't. I wouldn't say those laws were made by like a more totalitarian, no more authoritative, I guess. And that's like a, a in that Old Testament, there are like talks about like slavery and um, and all those things. And also, I think one of the criticisms is, oh, why is God so loving, and He cared so much that He went down and uh, died for the cross, but He didn't address address the slaves. Or he did address slaves, but as slaves, not as free people. And, I think, uh, yeah. So it's important. So to the first point of the laws being somewhat arbitrary um, or seeming arbitrary by modern standards, you have to look at the fact that a lot of those laws were more practical than anything else. So the whole, the whole kosher aspect, if you're looking at this from the Catholic perspective and just, I, I mean, let's just say a modern perspective. Um, so we're not coming at it from a, uh, the from a from Judaism, we're not looking at it through the Judaic lens. Um, those laws existed because you could very well get sick from eating shellfish. Um, in terms of pork, you know, it was seen as a quote unquote dirty animal because of how it lived. It could carry diseases, um, practical things like that. And to the second point of you saying, you know, oh, Christ addressed slaves, but still as slaves and tax collectors and prostitutes and that sort of thing the fact that he addressed them was revolutionary because Jewish ceremonial law forbade all of that. Like, you know, the tax collectors were looked at as, you know, bad. They were siphoning funds for themselves and giving to the empire, the Roman empire at the time, 
you know, speaking to a prostitute would be inconceivable to people at that time because it would make you, you know, impure. You know, and he, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people seem to kind of lose. Like they look at like, oh, well, why didn't Christ say something literal against this? When in the fact that his action, just by the fact that when that uh, prostitute was going to be stoned, you know, let he who does not have sin, you know, cast the first stone. That's pretty big. You're standing up to the authority of the law and saying, no, no, this person can be forgiven, which is just revolutionary. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that, Eric. It's, it's not, I, I think you're right about that. And it's just that one of people's biggest criticisms, as you said, like, um, why did, um, why didn't God address slavery? I feel like, I feel like people also look, I feel like context matters, right? I feel like context is important. You know, the, the time period they were in and maybe probably the difference in, I guess, the way they treated their slaves, I guess you could say from a biblical standpoint. I think context yeah. is very important when it comes to interpreting everything and you shouldn't take it too literally, but try to find the deeper understanding or meaning behind it or the deeper meaning behind Christ's teachings or the things that you actually read in the Bible. And yeah. yeah. And then another reason is that um, another reason people actually might probably have some backlash towards the Christian religion is as you were saying earlier with the whole issue of slavery and twisting the words of scripture to justify it. It was, it was used, you know, for like financial and, you know, and, uh, and maybe in other senses, political gain. Like, for example, I don't want to use, like, I'm going to say this, and I'm not, and I, for anyone that's listening or has like a grandparent or something, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like, for example, right, the moral majority, it was like a, an organization created in support of President Reagan, I'm pretty sure, during his presidential campaign to more or less just like rally the Christian right behind him just as an example of how you know religion is used for political gain so that's so that's kind of what i'm uh, comparing it to but and i mean it's been that way throughout history i mean look, look at medieval the medieval church right um at least the medieval european church uh, i'm i'm no orthodox scholar so post that schism i'm <laughs> i can only speak about um the catholic church and the church in europe but i mean look at that like the church wielded such enormous political power and while there can be cases made that that's that's a good thing um the amount of corruption that went on in it is astounding and like you're saying you know that's still a through line like even to reagan where religion and politics will necessarily intersect because back to our point of morality and like you said you know the whole moral majority but rallying it merely as a political block is a bad thing and usually doesn't lead in the correct directions if that majority if the religion is subordinate to politics, if that makes sense, it often leads to problems. If it's used as a vehicle instead of an end. Yeah. So. No, yeah, and right, and it, it's, it's still a very prevalent issue because when you look at the media, in, in there are some ways I feel that, not all media, but just in some, just under some circumstances, the media can be quite biased and I feel that in the certain way that they might portray certain individuals or groups of peoples or people or you know political parties, depending on uh, which 
um, news, which source or which source you get your news from. I feel that, um, how do I put this? I feel like, you know, in, in a sense that sometimes when people are listening to the news or watching certain things and it's somewhat biased in terms of it's against one group of people that at that point people would insinuate that anything that that group is associated with is bad in a sense. Yeah, that's, that's the nature of modern media. Um, that, 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 that's a whole nother conversation, but um, to your point, yeah, it's, there's a lot of influence because we're such a media driven culture and because we consume so much of it. I, that also, that, that goes back to Sam, like what you were talking about, about our generation. Um, I think that's a really good point. Uh, Sebastian, that, you know, we consume so much media and that influences our opinion of religion, whether it's right or wrong, um, beyond mere skepticism and often foments it into a sort of hate to an extent. Yeah. Uh, media is the root of all modern problems. I, I should really <laughs> write true. that down. I should really write that too down. True, yeah. quote. <laughs> it's too Yeah, but I think... God, it's all interconnected and this, it's really difficult to talk about. And I think, well, this is not going to end here, but um, I think, I guess the last thing, uh, I think this is a very big thing of why there's so much criticism against religion amongst young people. And it's also portrayed in a way like media and how, and also like fanatics, like the, I guess the true minority of people who, um, whose voice voices are actually, um, you know, spread widely. It's um, this dissonance between um, progressive ideals, mainly uh, LGBTQ and Christianity. And this is where uh, many people disagree, whether, you know, uh, particularly gay marriage and also other, um, I guess, different genders um, and identities uh, contradict the ideas of Christianity, for, which personally, I don't think so. But Eric, I just want to like know your input because you know, I guess, more uh, than me. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I can tell you, Okay, so the church, I'm, again, I, I'm, I'm a Catholic, so I'm speaking from the Catholic perspective. The church teaches very explicitly in the, the catechism uh, in regards to homosexuality that it is not the disposition that is the issue. Rather, it is the, the activity, um, like being in someone who's actively, you know, in a relationship in, in a homosexual relationship um in terms of gender it, you know male and female he created them and that that's about as because because when you're looking when you're looking at human sexuality um to the the purpose of that sexuality is not the mere gratification of the individual and the, the pleasure that that brings and it's not simply the bonding that comes from it the fact that a child is the end result of sexual activity is extremely and incredibly important in terms of the Catholic and wider Christian understanding of sexuality. I mean, that's why people who are like, oh, you know, they're so um, 
Christianity is so repressive. It's so, um, you know, anti-sex and everything. It's not. Instead, what Christianity does is elevate that sexuality from mere gratification, um, which the wider, you know, our modern state doesn't seem to do that. It's like, yeah, you know, this one night stands fine because it makes you happy or this particular, you know, relationship is fine because it makes you happy or you can change your gender at will because it makes you happy. Rather, what what the church's point is in, in Christianity, the church's and I'd say Christianity's point is in opposing that. Yeah, opposing, I think is the right word. Opposing that particular trend is to say, no, there is an inherent beauty and purpose beyond mere sensual gratification to human sexuality. And these things, whether it's, you know, the, the whole thing about, oh, there are all these different spectrum of genders or um, any sort of relationship you want to have in any sort of way is fine. What Christianity and more specifically the Catholic Church's responses is no, there's a beauty in that, that you're degrading by allowing things, whether it's, whether it's, you know, heterosexual, homosexual, it, it, it doesn't matter. You're, you're bringing it down to a level where it's mere gratification instead of something that is beautiful and the end product of which is a child, which is the reason that the, the Christianity a lot of the time, yeah, the tradition, more traditional Christianity is opposed to homosexuality and the activity, the, the homosexual activity. So at least in terms of the Catholic church. So simply hetero and homosexual um, activity what uh hetero is um the hetero one uh, like a better term i guess but is more elevated because of the child aspect and so, and so um so to speak because and the it, yeah and the, the the because and the other because that's uh, what that's yeah. what god that's what god designed it for if to move now into the, the more theological angle because that's what god designed it for and again, to bring up diverse male and female who created them, the, the understanding is that, that that gift of human sexuality is to be used in a way that glorifies it and does not forbid the end product of a child um, to, to not exist, if that makes sense. And that this is not this is not to say that that justifies a lot of those people who go out and you know. Is it the Westboro Baptist Church, the group that goes and, um, you know, goes outside people who have died, who've had family members that are in the LGBTQ community and will be like, oh, they're running in hell or anything like that's not good. That's that's not OK. And a lot of people misconstrue, misconstrue at least what the Catholic Church teaches, where it's the disposition is one thing. The activity is another thing for everybody's everybody's going to hell, which is not the case. So what if um, a homosexual couple who are Christians or, or not, but did engage in that activity, uh, I guess you know, I know that the consequence is definitely not that they're going to hell based on your response. And well, hold on, hold on. The, the, like I said, in the Catholic tradition, the disposition is not the problem. The activity is the problem. The same way the same way for someone who's straight, the, you know, being attracted to someone isn't a problem. The act of fornication is the problem. Does that make sense? So, 
basically, yeah. So, so whatever the activity is, it doesn't matter if it's homo or, or heterosexual, it's still looked down upon. But if well, it's for yes, only for the yeah, and the proper, but, according to the Catholic Church, the proper expression of sexuality is between a married man and a married woman, not because the sacrament of marriage must take place between a, mar- a, a man and a woman. It can't take place between a man and a man or a woman and a woman doctrinally um and so does that make sense yeah but i'm just trying yeah i'm just trying to like think of how because i would assume i'm not an expert on this and i wouldn't speak out uh, speak out for um all like um like all most people but i'm just trying to see it through the eyes of a homosexual couple because i would assume that they most people have been um, told in their lives that they're what they're doing is a sin, and they think that because there's a lot of people who who feel uh, who feel that that their uh, love is delegitimized, like illegit. Wait, what's like you know? Um, De- delegitimized is an illegit- apropos yeah. term. I yeah, think, for the way people think. Um. Yeah, I'm just, there's a lot of people who sadly think in that way, probably due to like, uh, they have, it's justified because there's people who believe that homosexuality, uh, homosexuality is outright wrong and should be punished. But I guess I think Punish- to end it off here, but sadly, but. Can I, can I add one clarification? Yeah. Okay. So. The people berating people because this is this is Catholicism. Now I'm speaking strictly from the Roman Catholic doc, doctrinal perspective. In Catholicism, people who are homosexual are called to chastity for life, and it's it's not because you should not be belittled and spat at and screamed at that you're going to hell because of your disposition and because of your sexuality not disposition my 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 bad wording rather if you if no one the church can't say anything and be like oh if you're gonna go out and you are gonna go live your life however you're gonna go live it and i think this is just an important lesson also in terms of christianity where a lot of those people who will be like oh no we need to mandate these things through the state etc etc um that can lead to dangerous things but the way that i always see it is i cannot the church the church has control within within the church and if you're going to make the decision to go lead in in a lifestyle and you're going to go live with your partner if you're homosexual that's your decision and you have to live with the consequences of the decision however the church does not recognize that as a legitimate union in terms of that they're not going to go out and like go and find you but it's not going to receive the blessing of the church. If you're, according to the Roman Catholic Church, if you are, if you're homosexual, you you have that, you have that orientation. You're called to chastity and to living your life, you know, in that sense by yourself, not by yourself in the sense that you'll be alone forever. But that the ro- that aspect of love, that romantic love, is not something that can be blessed by the church in a marriage, if that makes sense. Just, I just want to be clear. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, I guess, well, what I was trying to do so that 
there's no problems. I was trying to take the position of a critique. Uh, yeah, I hope yeah, that no, we no, no. I just wanted yeah. to make sure that my what what I'm saying reflected accurately the doctrine and the teaching, so I wasn't gotcha misconstrued. Yeah. So I guess to cap it off, what is say in like what is your last thing to try to convince or try to like reclarify or like in a summary of why there should be this sort of like your defense basically of, of christianity of yeah, why basically, we need it. yeah basically um why it's not an evil thing why it's not a bad thing mm, okay um because it provides a framework in which to live. Um, as a Catholic, as a Roman Catholic, I would say there's, there's a quote where it's, um, the church makes sense of the world. It, it gives you a viewpoint and a framework in which to look at, to look at the activities and everything you see around you. And not, you know, oh, I have every single answer to every single question in the universe, but rather say, I see that this is, I see where all of this fits into God's plan. I know, I know that he, no matter how dark things may seem, he's presiding over this. And at the same time, that also gives a little more, it makes you realize the value of your actions, of what you produce, of, you know, the other people around you. And it doesn't, our society is very individualistic and very focused on the, the person, the singular, instead of, everybody and it religion especially christianity lets you see these people are my brothers and sisters and they all have a dignity um irrespective of who they are where they are when they are in their lives whatever they have this dignity and i need to treat them as human as human beings and there may be secular people who say that oh you're not doing that because you're not doing x y and z but it's I think it gives you a broader framework in which to see everybody as other people and know that you have that ultimate finite, that ultimate point that you're all working towards, which is God. So certitude, it gives you certitude. It gives you a better appreciation of your actions, other people, um, and the world. And in the end, it gives you, it gives you the goal and that very important goal that is both incredibly personal and incredibly extra personal of reaching, of reaching God, of living well, honoring God, and eventually entering the beatific vision. Yeah, I just wanted um, for you to summarize because um, you know, this is a long discussion. I just don't want any like misconceptions from the audience yep. or from yeah any one of us. But I want to thank you for coming on. I think. Um, I didn't expect to do a, uh, like a, I don't think Seb or I did expected to do like a religious segment. And I think, uh, mm -hmm. there should be more discussion on this, but I uh, thank yeah. you for accepting. No, 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 actually, sorry. Thank you for choosing to come on. Sorry. Of course. I'm, yeah. I'm honored that you would have me and I'm glad that there's a forum where people want to discuss these questions because it's yeah. really important. That's the only way to move forward, mm -hmm. especially in a very divided, divided time. Yeah. You're always welcome to come back. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to take you up on that at some point. <laughs> um, well, so this is Hail to the Pod. My name is Sam Chang.
I'm with Seb Ruzard and Eric Sanders, and we'll see you later.